Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I mean, I feel like everyone's life is calculated. It's simple. If, if you're going, if you're going to go rob a store, you know that the options are either jail or dead. You know, you, if you know that if you continue to chase your dream, you're either going to fail or succeed. It's just really highlighting the things that we as humans are scared to do, and we kind of comfort ourselves through telling ourselves, "Oh, we're going to do it tomorrow," or "Oh, this and that." We often lie to ourselves. I mean, if you if you can lie to yourself, what value is your word? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up y'all? It's classified. This is Mocha only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, I'm Brother Ali. Fight Diggy, Tribe Call Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Absol. This is K.O. And you listening to The Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. Hey, welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto and I'm the host and founder of the Come Up Show. My special guest today is Dwayne Holness, aka Dookie Dukes, who is a video director, editor, mentor, and founder of Corex Creative. I got hip to Dookie Dukes' work way back in 2010 for his music video for Redway's song Close Enough. And we talked about his upbringing in the Jane and Finch community, how he was bullied and then became a bully, the epic memories in a red room, how he met Redway, and so much more. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. My name is Dwayne Holness. A.K.A. Dookie Dukes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yo, you're born on January 1st, 1988. I just wanted to know, is that January 1st legit, or is it like an immigrant thing? Because, you know, some of our parents and moms are... They picked January 1st because they don't know when their birthdays are. No, I was literally born January 1st. I was born um, <laughs> I was born like at 6 o'clock in the morning on January 1st. So, like, it's real. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. No, I, it's real. It's official. Official. Birth, papers, everything. <laughs> For those who don't know first, I guess briefly introduce yourself. What do you do? I do many things. I mean, I started off. I'm very much into media. So I started off doing graphic design, then I started off doing photography, and then I, I do video now. I also teach a lot of workshops in the community. I do a lot of community initiatives because um, I'm a big believer in community and giving back. And I, right now I have my company called Corex Creative, which is a digital media production company that actually gets a lot of corporate opportunities and help send them off to young creatives in communities that have basically little to no post-secondary education but can still compete in the market with their skills. Because mm-hmm. they've taught themselves and exactly. they just... Because, I, I mean, yeah, because it, it, we're in an era that people can teach themselves and be really great at it. You know what I mean? I went to school for um, multimedia, but I ended up being the top student in the program. And that's not because I learned anything from the school i literally learned everything from the internet and from youtube i used to spend hours on youtube and it got to the point where i was teaching the teachers the things you know because especially in new media things are always evolving so teachers don't necessarily know how to operate certain programs or things that come out so the kids that are on the computer like doing these researches they pretty much know more than the teacher Mm-hmm. It becomes interesting to me, and that's why I like to focus on the young creatives that just are naturally creative and just sat there and learned it. Mm-hmm. 
So all right, let's let's take it back then. Going up, uh, tell me about your upbringing, your household, your childhood, uh, how that led to what you're doing, what you got into. Yeah, well, so I came from Jamaica. Um, I moved here when I was five with my mom. It was just me and my mom. Uh, my mom had to stay at a lot of family's house until she can get herself to a level where she can move out and and then take care of me. Grew up in Jane and Finch. At that time, it was it wasn't too bad, but I mean, there's a lot of negative influences around there. I mean, I remember one time I was playing marbles in a sandbox, and like some guy masked up ran around and started shooting up the place. You know what I mean? Those type of things like will forever stick with me. And you know, I, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, so I was taught to to really stand my ground and and do that. I grew up. I used to get bullied a lot. Like I used to really get bullied to the point where I didn't even want to come outside. Why? Why? Why were they bullying you? Well, I mean, for me, I, for me too, I'm coming from Jamaica and this, this, and that, and like you know, there's certain ways. I mean, I wasn't just, I wasn't the person that's gonna go run around with these kids and, and go rob stuff and all this stuff. So I, I mean, those two that kind of reflected on the behaviors that happened because I didn't want to do certain things. Um, so I'd get made fun of. I'd get do this, all these different things. But I guess me being insecure and not sure myself at a young age it just made me want to stay inside and just do my own thing so it had the opposite effect because usually you'd want to fit in and you're like all right i'm 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 gonna rob this store with you guys or some shit like that so yeah yeah, so i mean it kind of closed me off to friends and like at that point i got comfortable being with myself i mean i just i really got comfortable being with myself because now that actually now that i talk about it it's like that was that's probably the reason why right now I don't really need to hang out with everybody, you know. Like I'm, I'm actually better off by myself most of the times. It kind of prepared me for that, and I ended up going to school Western Tech, which was crazy because now I kind of started to be the bully because <laughs> like I, we played basketball, and you know when you play basketball, you have a clique of people, your whole team rolls with you. I started to hang around, and I was influencing these guys to do a lot of bad things because I had an older cousin that went to to school, and he was kind of the popular guy, so I'm his cousin. So, you know what I mean? It kind of trickled down to, to that and took it from there. I mean, at that point, I used to get arrested. I used to get suspended. It was an interesting time, and that's I got expelled from school. What were these behaviors coming from? I mean, I think it was it was, it was was coming from me being bullied to a certain extent and then me coming to a school in an environment that I knew I was protected because my older cousin was like the man there so it was just a point where no one could really pick on me so I was I was in the clear to basically just do whatever so I ran with that and, and, and I had a whole bunch of people I mean in grade 9, 10 we were rolling downtown like 50 people deep for no reason you know what I mean and we'd just give trouble and we'd had people from the region parks from from everywhere so it was just like a unit but we just gave trouble (laughs) so it kind of showed me a different side of things and and I got expelled and that's kind of when everything clicked for me you know it, it clicked for me because I started to realize when I was expelled life still went on <laughs> people still did what they were gonna do and i was at home alone you know what i'm saying so that really woke me up it was like yo man i got in all this trouble i fucked this whole shit up and everyone's living their life and no one's coming to see me and i just have to figure it out myself that's when i really started and after that, at that point too my mom like really hit me with the you're stressing me out 
and that's the last thing I ever wanted my mom to do because she came to this country and worked her ass off. So instantly, my whole mentality switched. Instantly just wanted to do better. When is this? Like, how old or what grade is this? This was at 18. You know I mean, 18. And it's crazy because it's so crazy because when I was in downtown at Western Tech, I got into so much trouble and I was getting charged with different things from theft under 5,000 and all these things. And literally, I was at the age, right at the age where it either can carry on for the rest of my life or I can just deal with it. And after 19 or whatever, I'll just make sure that I didn't get any trouble. But it just works out. Like, I did give all this trouble, but everything got cleared off my record at 18. So I moved forward on a clean slate, and I was able to just start fresh. And when I got expelled, I ended up going into another school, and I met a couple people. And I started doing a lot more community stuff at that point. And I started a community organization at that point when I met Femi Lawson, and then I met Redway. We decided we we started to do a lot more positive stuff and and focus a lot more on what we wanted to do. At that point, my first aspirations was to be an actor. So I did theater. I'm a full actor member. I used to do background on set with Drake on Degrassi back in the days and all that stuff. So that was another eye opener for how the industry works when it comes to film and when it comes to just even your behavior and how your mannerisms and everything that taught me a lot especially a kid coming from Jane and Finch where I wasn't taught to eat like this or to speak like this or to sit up like this you know and that kind of gave me an advantage just really learning how to act in a proper manner because obviously if you act a certain way especially coming from the hood people are just going to get turned off especially of especially when you're black so I just learned a lot of things, and I took that, and we just build. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're saying, um, so uh, you met Femi and Redway through the initiatives of the community, and how did that happen? It was in, where is this downtown? Because Redway is from Masaga, right? Yeah, okay. So how did that Yeah, so when I got expelled, I was put into a safe school, quote-unquote safe school, um, which was Emory Collegiate. And that was the time when I met Femi. He was at the same school. At this point, I was in my feelings. I'm like, yo, I'm going to this school. I ain't trying to talk to nobody. I'm just going to try to finish school, and that's it. But it didn't end up that way, and I ended up knowing everybody in the school, and Femi was one of them. Femi lived really close to me. So it was at the point where he'd come to my house, and I thank God for my mom because my mom allowed me to do a lot of crazy shit in the house. She, like, I mean... Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like everything. Everything you could think of, we did it in the house. Like, it, it was crazy because it was, for us, um, looking back at, back at it now, it was like a creative hub. I had my computer. I had my webcam. Like, literally, like, me and Femi would sit there by the webcam and just randomly put on a beat and just freestyle. Just for the hell of it. And, and it just got to the point where we started making tracks just for fun. And literally, people from different neighborhoods would come to my house in my little room. We called it the Red Room. It was really, a lot of people know about the Red Room. And that, it just caused a buzz. Like, people wanted to come to the Red Room just to spit on the camera. It was like a big tigger at that point. Like, I literally have, I still to this day have so much footage that will be released when, you know what I mean, when, when it's time. But... It was such a creative hub for everyone. And, and meeting Redway, literally, I met him on, I think it was Facebook back in the days. I always seen him, and we just spoke. And one day, I took a trip over to Mississauga. 
just to see what's up and we instantly clicked and I was just like blown away by his music and our relationship got to the point where he actually moved into my house you know what I mean he sl- we slept on the same bed and I had a mic in my room I had I had a computer and we literally just started like I I had to engineer I had to learn how to engineer just so that cuz we couldn't afford studio time we couldn't afford certain things so it was to the point where we literally just did everything together from making the music to making the videos to going to shows together to like we were attached to the hip at that point. And we started to see that with us three, me, Femi and Redway, we had a bond and we had a connection that was just genuine. You know, like we weren't trying to step on anybody's toes. Femi was Femi was very much into school at that point. So he wasn't really around as much because he was very much into into school. But we knew that Femi had a character. Femi had a personality. But at that point, we didn't understand it. No one understand what we were doing. Like, I started really taking videos seriously because of Redway. You know what I mean? Because he needed someone to shoot the videos. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And then it just got to the point where... People started seeing it. People started liking my work, and then they wanted me to do this for them. And I, I started doing so much videos for free, for free, just because I loved, like, I wanted to just test out all these skills, you know. So it, it just got to the point where we started to build upon each other's skill, and that was it was just it was just a magical time at that time. It, it was it was magical. There was people from all over the city came to my house, in my room. Like, my mom's room was right across, you know what I mean? And I'm and talking... your mom's cool, all these strangers coming to the home. Mom, my mom just let me do what I had to do because, like, I've never been able to see my mom as much. Like, my mom works stupid hours, stupid hours. I'm talking about from 7 in the morning to 11 at night and then back again 7 in the morning, 11 at night. So the only time I'll catch her is if I'm up at 6 or if I'm up at 12. When she comes back home, she's back to sleep. So... Hey, I don't know what she was thinking, but she just let me. I'm talking about there was noise in the house. There was everything. Like we were, oh my gosh. But it was, a, it was for us, it was a creative hub because no one else's parents would have let them do that. So if it wasn't for my mom letting us do that, there wouldn't be, Femi wouldn't be who Femi is at this point. I wouldn't be who I am at this point. Right? We wouldn't be who he is because literally we spent hours and hours working on each other's craft. And that's what shaped us. Was there any connection to it being called the Red Room and Redway's name or no? That's, that's crazy because someone asked that the other day too, and it's it was such a coincidence. It was yeah. like the Red Room was around before I met Redway. Mm-hmm. My room was red. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My room was just red, and that was it. And Redway came in, and it just kind of it just kind of worked. Everything just worked. Us three, we came up with this. We said, "Yo, we need we need a click. We need to we need we need to call ourselves something, and we call ourselves high class. And when we said high class, we didn't mean high class as in the the fancy thing. We mean high class in in the mentality. You know what I mean? We wanted the finer things in the mentality, and we wanted to work hard for those things. So, and that's the time I was doing graphic design as well. So we said, "Yo, we need a name. We need a logo. Okay, like." Let's let's create this logo. So we created this logo, and this is when Facebook really just started to boom a little bit. And we we kind of knew everybody in the city, so we said we put out this logo. We put we put it in our our Facebook profile, and we just said let's just see how much people will put it up. Yo, just support. A day or two later, everyone on my Facebook had high class in there. 
And we were like, wow, because that's not just my people. That's Femi's people. That's Redway's people. So we started to see how big this thing could have got. And it was crazy because the idea that we had behind High Class was to basically find a way to bring everyone together and find a way to find that connection in everyone. So I was at Humber College at that point, And I said, you know what? Let's do a photo shoot. So I rented out this big space. And the purpose of the photo shoot was for models to be able to build a portfolio, for photographers to build a portfolio, for makeup artists, for rappers to come in and get media coverage, for photographers. Like, we just kind of figure out, try to figure out a way to make it work for everybody. And that first time we held that photo shoot, we had over 80 people. Wow. And that's people coming from the East, the West, everywhere. And the only thing that they had to do was purchase a high-class shirt. so everyone felt a part of it and it was getting to the point where we were shipping high class shirts to New Brunswick to everything it was just such a vibe and it was such a it was just so welcoming for people to say yo I can be a part of high class and I feel like that's the thing that's missing now everything is so secluded and everyone cannot just feel a part of something you know what I mean and that's what we always try to do is try to make everyone feel a part like yo you can be a part of this too we can all win if we all be a part of this and we didn't even know what it was but we just knew that it was something you know what I mean we knew that there was some sort of buzz around us or some sort of spark there was something happening that people just wanted to be a part and we're like yo so we started we even started to do parties as well we started to do parties and we had over 800 people come out wow. I was 20 at that time 800 people come out to a club. I'm talking about DJ Charlie Charlie Brown DJing. Like, we had these people DJing from early, from DJ Ritz to everybody, really. Like, we found the hottest people, and we put them on to these parties, and it, it did well. I'm talking about... It was just it was just a weird time. Like we were young, like we pulled up in limos. Like we came we came out in limos and we just walked in the club. It's just like it was just a like I don't even know what to call it. We're just young, but we ex- it was we just experienced so much different things from building this team and then finding the people. We, I mean, we got snaked so much times, uh, and the downfall of high class was because we got snaked. You know, and it, it, it's just like we had we welcomed so much people in. And we allow them to do what they do, but then we we start to find out that we don't have the same vision. I mean, and then after this this whole popularity thing got to certain people, and they started acting so different. So at that point, I really lost motivation in high class at that point because I'm like, we didn't have the direction. I mean, one meeting we're talking about building a clothing line. The next meeting we're talking about doing these workshops. The next meeting we're talking about doing these parties so like it was literally like just everyone coming together just throwing ideas there so we never really knew what the direction was we just knew that people were feeling it so how can we keep it going you know so yeah i mean i lost motivation in that but that was the perfect learning opportunity for me myself and femi like we kind of took a lot from that and just learning how to lead more learning how to be more direct in what we want out of certain things, learning how to screen people and weeding out the people who are just around just for the fun of it and not for the work. 
Mm. All around made us a better person. And we all, like, to this day, I spoke to Femi yesterday and we spoke, we always refer back to high class. We always, I mean, if you interview Femi right now, he's going to probably say the same thing about high class. And it's because we appreciate that time so much because we got to experience the ups, the downs, the real, the fakes, the everything. Mm. When Redway came on my radar and your name as a director, was that video close enough? So when was that in that whole journey? Was it in the beginning? And yeah, that was it. Honestly, that was <laughs> that was in the beginning, and, and that was when I first got my camera. Okay, that was, so the f- was one of the first. Those were the f- yeah, like I it, it, was, it was a great. It was a good video too. It had quality. I remember the gas station and looked so clean <laughs> and like. Nobody see the, the song was really good too. The, the song and those things that we were doing, we literally just drove around. We went to the gas station because he wanted to literally buy something, mm-hmm. and we just picked up the camera and rolled we just rolled we just rolled it's crazy because out of everyone like i'm that media guy out of femi or redway i'm that media guy and it's crazy because i felt like i knew that they're gonna be big we are gonna be big i have a hard drive full of redway stuff from the day i met redway you know i mean to the last day same with femi i have collected a lot of these things because i know that it's eventually going to be needed you know i mean to really tell our story because we all really came up, and that's a difference. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people who, especially are are famous and well known, they don't really, they haven't really documented themselves to the point where people can get know the real you. Like if I pull up a video of Femi, like at a young age, like rapping and doing what he does, you're gonna see why these records that Femi's making right now are so dope. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see why Femi's personality is so refined and defined. You know what I'm saying? It's like this: these were the testing grounds. These were the stomping grounds of this talent. We haven't changed. It just Things just improved. And it's just continuing to improve, especially to this day. We're at a level where, I mean, we see what the potential is. And all we have to do is continue counting our blessings and just going and just believing that, yo, this works. And, and then it's down to loyalty because... Someone like Redway and Femi, like, we realize that finding friends is such a rare thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a rare thing to find someone who's genuinely happy just for you and don't want anything and loves to hear about what you're going through and loves to put their input and give you advice for the better. You know what I mean? That is rare. And I could guarantee not there isn't a lot of people that has that. Like, I can call Femi right now and tell him anything, and he'll listen. You know what I mean? And he'll give his advice. And that's a major part to our success or where we are now. It's it's just that that support system. Because we always said, me, Femi, and Red, we say, yo, we have three chances of being successful. If you're not going to be successful, I'm going to be successful. If I'm not going to be successful, you're going to be successful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and we stuck by that. And we're like, yo. Let's just do what we have to do. Like, we're each other's cushion right now. So if you fall, we got you. And that's the kind of mentality that we go into. So when you see Femi walking through, confident, smiling, just being him, it's literally just that feeling that, yo, like, I have a great circle. And, and you know what I mean? Like, nothing outside of that is going to affect us. Mm-hmm. You guys had the the first annual Redway barbecue. Uh, for the people who don't know, Redway passed away a year ago. So tell me what you're trying to accomplish and how that went. Yeah, honestly, I mean, for me to, I mean, just the passing alone, 
for me that that just blew me away you know what i mean it, it really blew me away because it was so unexpected and, and it's crazy because literally a couple of days later we were talking about shooting the video like really going full force and i think there were there were some offers on the table for him as well that was going to happen that monday and for all that to happen was crazy but um for redway i mean we we just want to continue the legacy and and, and redway Redway's dream was to just unite everybody. I mean, Redway wasn't a selfish person. He wasn't none of that. So this barbecue kind of solidified the purpose of, of Redway's journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, we put that together and everyone came out. And, and it's crazy because, like, we look at it as, like, yo, we had people from oh, Johnny Rocks come through. You know what I mean? Like, we had people from... Tory Lanez's people come through and we look at that and we're like yo these two sides are not really the, the closest but Redway can bring this together because he's good on every side it's just the, the amount of people that just came out to show love it was just like I was blown away by it and this is just a testament to how strong of a person he was and that the annual barbecue is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger as we all grow and as we all become more successful in what we do, that barbecue will be a staple in the city. I mean, down the line. And everyone is just trying to do what they can to to keep that legacy going. They want to see me make it, acknowledge history in the making, soon to be the greatest. Uh, so you, what is it called? Do I call it a poem? The calculated steps. Oh, calculated steps. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, a video montage you put together on YouTube. We'll put the clip at the end of this interview. But there's a line. There's a you know tons of quotables there. But there's one where you say, "A world for the taking." But we're so often scared take it. <laughs> to chase it because it can be so breathtaking. Exactly. Yeah, honestly, it, for me, success is scary. Success is a scary thing. And I think a lot of people don't understand it. And then when I told you about us doing the parties and pulling up in limos and all that stuff, I feel like that was a taste of, of what it was. Because I literally, I retracted after that. I was like, yo... Like, what? what is this right now? Like, yeah. shit, like, what's going on? Like, I felt, and I literally pulled back because I felt like, yo, I couldn't handle that. Like, it's just a feeling. It's like, yo, people know who I am. People, this and that. Like, I walk places. People know me. I mean, and that's just on a micro level. But, like, success can be really, really scary. And you have to be really ready for it. It can do a lot of crazy stuff. I see why celebrities and stuff can go crazy and do that because it's not only lonely but it's scary it's scary like to know that you can't really do everything that you as a human being want to do and yeah but like that poem calculated steps it's very deep for me because i mean i feel like everyone's life is calculated i feel like everyone's life can be calculated and you can literally find what the sum of that calculation is it's simple if, if you're going if you're going to go rob a store you know that the options are either jail or debt you know if you know 
that if you continue to chase your dream, you're either going to fail or succeed. You know if you continue to capitalize on opportunity, you know that more opportunity is going to come. So my purpose for Calculated Steps is not only that, but it's just really highlighting the things that we as humans are scared to do and we kind of comfort ourselves through telling ourselves, oh, we're going to do it tomorrow or, oh, this and that. We often lie to ourselves. You know I mean, we often lie to ourselves and I'm a big believer in, I mean, if you, if you can lie to yourself, what value is your word? You know what I mean? If you can tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to go do this work tomorrow and you don't do it, you're lying to yourself. At the end of the day, you're not lying to anybody else but yourself. So I have to say everything that I mean. I have to do everything that I mean. It's just plain and simple, but a lot of people are not able to face the fact that, yo, I need to stop telling myself I'm going to do this time and time again and don't do it. It then puts you in a comfort zone and then you wonder why things aren't happening. I'm very strict on myself. I'm a person that I just like to learn. I, I like to learn from people. I like to listen to people's story and I like to take things and just apply it to my life. I want to be a leader. I mean, I want to be a leader. I want to, I really truly believe that I can be great. I don't think there's anything stopping me. And I think one of the things that drive that is my life goal is not to die and be forgotten. Mm. You know what I mean? That is like my overall thing. In order to do that, you have to live a purposeful life. You have to live a life that not only pushes you through, but you push others through. And I try to live life as a selfless being. And I, as much opportunity as I get is the same opportunities that I give. And I've seen so much blessings happening. I mean, I give, I give so much. And right now, I feel like even this, this year is the year that I'm actually seeing the blessings, like really seeing the blessings from helping this one person and it, that trickling over next year. And I'm getting a big opportunity from that same person. You know, I really believe in helping. Like I'm a helper. I'm a, I'm a provider. And not only for those people, but for my family too. For me to know that I can, I can help my mom pay off her debts and help my brother pay my brother's tuition. You know what I mean? For me to know that I did that, that's my world. You know what I mean? That's my world. That's, that's what satisfies me. Everything else around that is a bonus. But the fact that I can, I can go, I just flew to the UK to see my sister. You know what I mean? I've only seen my sister five times in my life. And she's 25 now, you know what I mean? And I have a little niece. For me, family, for me, family is everything. Because I know that we came from nothing. And for me to be able to influence my whole family, I go to family events now and they, they, they're proud of me. And I'm inspiring my little cousins and my little, that's, that, for me, that's everything. That's everything to me. Uh, sometimes a path gets blurry on the journey, but eventually you become crystal clear. Crystal clear. How do you navigate to it? Yeah, it's and it's that's that's what I'm saying now. Is literally this year I feel like I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor. And for people, I feel like we often have visions. Visions start off blurry. Every vision will start off blurry. You probably only can see the beginning and the end. You don't know how you're gonna get there. But if you truly believe that you deserve this, the blocks are gonna build. And the blocks are going to build and the right people are going to come into play. Everything that I talk about has come true, especially all my goals this year has come true. 
every single goal this year has come true, even from last year. I mean, and it's good to have a friend, especially like Femi or whatever, like for us to say what we want and have that person hold you accountable for getting it. I feel like that's another level of just like, okay, I already told him. So <laughs> I told him it's going to happen in this at this time. So I got to figure out, make it work. Femi will understand is, is everything that we spoke about in that red room is everything that we're doing to this day. For me, it's mind blowing. And that's what, and we really believe in speaking things into existence and really meaning it because it's literally everything, every single thing. And if Redway was here, Redway would be on top in the music industry right now because we're just equally getting to the level. You know what I mean? And it's not like Femi's up here and I'm down here. No, we're literally on the same pace. And literally, the more we talk and the more we talk, Femi's vision becomes clearer. My vision becomes clearer. Femi, can, Femi knows what he wants to do. I know what I want to do. Femi knows how he's going to do it. I know how I'm going to do it. If you asked us back in 2009 how you're going to do this thing, we wouldn't know. But if you ask us now, we can break it down for you. We can say, yeah, we have this, 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 this is happening. It's really about sticking through and getting to that point of just believing, believing that you deserve this. It's just about you have to believe that you deserve this thing and you have to hold yourself accountable. I always tell people the purpose of school is that school teaches you discipline. School teaches you that you have to hand in this paper at this certain time. School teaches you that you have to study to get a good grade. But when you're outside of school, that same thing applies. But you are your own teacher. You mark your own paper. And you got to be truthful to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I can't cheat my own test. I can't cheat this journey. You know what I mean? I, I'm marking my steps. I'm marking every single step that I take. I'm thinking 10 steps ahead of that as well. And that's where I go back to calculate steps because I'm thinking 10 steps ahead. I'm thinking, okay, if I'm sitting here right now in this interview, what are the outlets? Yeah, this might go somewhere. Someone might hear it. Someone might say, yo, I want to interview you. Someone might say, yo, I want to give you an opportunity. It's just having that train of thought. It's like everything that you're doing, what are the possible outcomes? If you don't burn out your desires, your desires will burn you out. Yes, so when I say that, it's like we all have desires. If you don't do it now, you're going to do it later. And when you do it later, the consequences might be that much more drastic. So if you have a desire to do something, whether it's some go jump off a plane or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like do those things, have fun, live your life, do all these things, experience, experience the life. Because now let's say you get into a nine to five job that you can't, you don't have the time to go travel the world anymore. You don't have the time to do these things. So your desires will burn you out. Like you sitting there thinking about, fuck, I want to travel here. I want to travel here, but I can't do it. I don't have vacation time. I only have vacation time once a year. You know what I mean? Like that desire that is it's just going to burn you out because you just can't do it. So you might as well, once you have the chance... Do everything you desire. Do everything you desire. Right now, at this point, I'm doing everything I desire. I have no complaints. I'm not sitting here saying I wish I can do that. If I wanted to travel to Dubai tomorrow, I'm going to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? There is nothing stopping me. So, But until that point, I got to do it until that point. Because there will be a 
point where I might be in a position where I can't do these things, whether it's old age, whether it's anything. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it can be anything that can stop you. So at this current position in your life, do everything you want to do. Make the mistakes. Make the mistakes. That's one thing that people are scared to do is make the mistakes. You need mistakes. If you live a correct life, that's a mistake. <laughs> that's the biggest mistake you can possibly do. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone, I mean, every successful person fell, got up, fell, got up, fell, got up. My business right now, my business, Corex Creative right now, is a grown-up version of high class. It's literally the same thing, but... I fell, got up, fell, got up, fell, got up, changed the name, changed the direction, figured out how to put money in people's pocket, figured out how to appreciate these creatives. You know what I mean? So it eventually, you'll eventually start walking when you start falling, getting up. That's it's just like babies, man. Like babies learn to start walking after they fall, get up, fall, get up. Then they start walking and they start running and they start driving and they start flying. You know what I'm saying? So. You, you can't be scared of, you can't be scared of failure i'm not scared of failure and i don't even look at it as failure it's a lesson learned you know what i'm saying mm. till you on your own you can't be free till you on your own you yeah you can't i mean it's crazy cuz i when you just said that it just something just popped up in my head too is well, i mean that's a jay z line I mean, what is it, to you own your own, you can't be free, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's literally, that. that's a Jay-Z line that literally stuck in my head. And I feel like that's such a powerful statement. Until you, until you have ownership of things, of, of, your, of your ideas, of your mind, of your, of your world, until you have ownership of your world, you can't be free. I mean, you can't be free if, if you're on another man's time. You cannot be free if you're on another man's time. So that's just plain and simple. You can't. You have to be on the clock. It's such a powerful statement, and that I love Jay Z for the, for saying stuff like that because it's he's saying it in a way where it's so true, but he's not like making you feel bad about it. It's just something to think about. Mm. You know what I mean? He gives you yeah. things to think about. And yeah. when he when I when I heard that, I thought about it, and that just kind of made me happier because I felt like I can relate to that. You know what I mean? I could relate because, yeah, like, I have something that I own. And I have something that I can wake up to every morning. And I have something that I can work on every single second. Mm -hmm. You know, I can work on it. I can develop it. I can put my time into it. I can put 24 hours into it. Not four hours when I come home from work. I can put 24 hours mm -hmm. into it. So that statement, until you own your own, you can't be free. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it resonates to me. You know, if you are, you know, on another man's time, then think about your long term and where you want to be and how you could set up exactly. your freedom. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's I mean, there there's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing. I, there's nothing wrong with working. And I swear I, it's weird because I've been hear, hearing people saying they want to quit their job. They want to do this. But sometimes I ask them why. You know what I mean? Why? Like, why? Oh, because I want to do this. OK, like you can do that. You literally like. I feel like if I had a job, I would save that money and put it straight into my business. I feel like people are just trying to force themselves out of a job without having a clear idea of how they're going to survive. 
you know <laughs> it's like yo i just want to i just want to leave this is that okay set yourself up you have money set yourself up put yourself in structure yourself like so that as soon as you transition you feel comfortable mm. you know what i mean like you feel comfortable so the thing that doesn't make sense to me is people keep telling themselves that yo i'm i'm going to leave I'm going to leave. Like, people tell me, tell me say they're going to leave their job, and a year later they say the same thing. It's like you're burning yourself out. Like, do something about it. Save up. Do something about it. Spend some time figuring out what's going to make you happy. I mean, that's it. There is a lot of people that love their job, and they're fine with that. You know what I mean? But the people who are in the jobs that are miserable, figure it out. You know what I mean? Figure it out. Yeah, you have the time to make, you know, to yeah. be flexible and all that. Yeah. Uh, there's a market for everybody. Mm-hmm. There is there is a market for everybody. I say to a lot of people in the creative world, I always, this is one thing I always tell them. You don't have to be the greatest graphic designer. You don't have to be the greatest videographer. You don't have to be the greatest. But do it with passion, and there's someone out there that's going to respect your work. You know what I mean? There's someone out there that's going to respect your work. So when I say that there's a market for everybody, there's a market for any for the smallest person because if aside from coming to someone that charges $500,000 for a video, there's someone out there that's doing videos for $200 that is still great and and someone's going to appreciate that work. I mean, the people appreciate every, every level of creativity. One thing that I say is like who are you to mark someone else's creativity? Like I never understood that because we can sit here and look at all the paintings on the wall and say these are all trash. But if someone like Jay-Z came into this room and said this right here is the next big thing, then everyone's on it. Art only gets marked credible if it's by someone of value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If someone of value comes and says this is what it is, then that is what it is. I mean, but art is art. And I feel like on every level, there is a market for you. You just got to tap into it. Mm-hmm. So to the people who are listening, the creatives, uh, anything else that you wanted to say to them? One thing I tell a lot of creatives is to, is to know your worth. Know your worth, wow. That is, for me, it's like there's. I see so much talent. I see. I come across so much talent every day. And I'll tell someone, yo, I'm a fan of your work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I hope you get in what you're worth. That's a big reason for starting my company, Corex Creative. And I was literally just in a meeting today talking about it. It's Corex Creative is going to be that company that leverages opportunities for creatives and give them what they're worth. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of creatives are scared to talk money. A lot of creatives are scared to negotiate. A lot of creatives don't know how to write contracts and all these different things so they often get taken advantage of and i'm tired of that because me being a creative and me having to come up going through all that stuff i don't want to see a talented person having to go through that stuff like i mean like people like they'll take a 200 dollars when they're worth their work is worth two thousand dollars you know but they just need someone to to help them get to that level and um, because you love it so much that you do it for free, but you gotta like eat, so you, that's what you yeah. struggle with as a creative. Yeah, and and because because at that point too, it burns you out. Because if you're getting if you're doing so much work for that much little, and you have all these bills to pay, you often say, "Is what I'm doing good enough?" I know a lot of people that gave up because it wasn't sufficient, 
but they loved what they did, but they just didn't have the time to support it because it, you, at the end of the day, bills need to get paid. And, and we just, I just want to build this company to be able to give creatives that freedom and give them what they're worth and just let them be creative, you know? Mm. Uh, so for me, I mean, I, I love seeing, I love see, meeting new creatives. I love figuring out how we can work. And I love, I love, I love speaking with, with people because, you know I mean? There's always, there's a way to work together, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next month, whether it's next year. I mean, as long as we keep the conversation going, something will come up. And that's what I believe. Keep the conversation going, man. Thank you for your time. And once again, people check you out. Uh, check me out on Instagram at Dookie Dukes. Um, check me out on Twitter, Dookie Dukes. Uh, check out my business, CorexCreative.com. Social media, Corex Creative. Um, hit me up, man. I, I, I'm, let's start. Let's start the conversation. Let's figure out how we can work together. I'm, a, uh, I'm down. I'm not. The, I'm not the hardest person to find. Trust me. Trust me, I'm not the hardest person to find. So yeah, I hope to hear from everyone. You see, I will make it. I promise you that. Fear has left the building. And it ain't got the balls to come back. Because around here, we get shit done with no excuse. And now you're looking at me. Me. Like, I'm the best? Calculated my steps, my heart, and my breath. What did you think of my conversation with Dookie Dukes? Reach out to me on the Come Up Show at the Come Up Show on Twitter, Instagram thecomeupshow.com and yo in a few weeks I'll be launching a couple of ways that you can directly support The Come Up Show in the meantime subscribe to our email newsletter and review The Come Up Show podcast on iTunes all the info is in the description below I'll see y'all next Wednesday peace